This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. All right, for more on the U.S.-NATO approach to Ukraine, we have Richard Haas, president of the, of the Council on Foreign Relations and a former diplomat. Richard, welcome. Good morning. Now, President Biden is expected to announce a new sanctions on Russia during this trip. So far, those sanctions have not seemed to deter Vladimir Putin. I saw that you uh, wrote that uh, if Vladimir Putin is maybe more motivated to make a deal, actually to make a point on Ukraine than to make a deal on them, then what is the point of these sanctions, given the urgency? Well, the sanctions are one, one tool in the arsenal. Obviously, it makes Russia pay a price for, for its aggression. But the history of sanctions is, is, is such that they're not going to deliver Russia, but hopefully over time, and I understand the time is not necessarily on our side or Ukraine's side, but hopefully over time, they will increase the pressure or incentive on Russia to, to compromise. The EU has not uh, sanctioned Russia where it hurts the most, and that's uh, oil and gas, uh, because many Europeans still depend on Russian energy. Can the U.S. and the, and the EU maybe work together to sanction Russia's energy? And, and maybe that could have a, a bigger impact on Vladimir Putin. That could have a much bigger impact on Vladimir Putin if it could be done. We're talking about nearly a billion dollars with a B going to Putin every day. So that offsets many of the other sanctions. The problem is Germany and parts of Europe have allowed themselves to become heavily energy dependent on Russia. And there's simply no short term way to turn the key here. You're talking about not just months, but probably years of gradually winding down dependence on Russia and winding up alternatives. And like I said, that's a matter of years. Yeah, you know, yesterday on Morning Edition, my colleague Steve Inskeep uh, spoke with retired Air Force uh, General Philip Breedlove. He's also a former NATO Supreme Allied Commander. This is what he had to say about President Biden's approach to publicly stating what he is willing to do and what he is willing to not do. You've heard these very public no's, know this, know that. Um, and I think that we should be having conversations and not so publicly. Um, a military force wants to plan and look at options. And to stand up and take those options off the table preemptively is is not the way we operate. We should allow uh, military planners to take a look at this and then advise the civilians who make the decisions. So, Richard, what do you think about General Breedlove's assessment about not uh, taking things off the table? Uh, I disagree in the sense that we should not be threatening things we're not prepared to do. We were not prepared to put boots on the ground uh, to resist the Russian invasion of, uh, of Ukraine. And again, you don't want to raise questions of your credibility. Plus, we're doing a lot. We are providing a lot of arms uh, to Ukraine. We are strengthening NATO. What I think we have to do, and by the way, no one's telling the military not to plan. That's what militaries do. They plan. What we can do is plan for various scenarios. How do we plan, for example, for potential Russian escalation if they were to attack arms depots within NATO? How do we plan for Russian use of weapons of mass destruction, chemical or nuclear inside Ukraine and so forth? How do we plan for Russian cyber attacks? All of that we, we are doing. We need to do. Indeed, that's one of the big subjects for this for this summit. One of the sensitive areas is how do we prepare for the fact that Russia may not simply continue to do what it's doing, which is essentially bombing civilian areas, but, but, but they might be tempted to, to escalate in any number of ways. Doesn't though that to give Vladimir Putin a roadmap on where he can go and not go possibly? 
Well, he seems to have chosen a path where, again, he's not so much fighting the Ukraine army as he's fighting uh, or attacking Ukrainian civilians. What we need to do is continue to strengthen uh, Ukraine's army. One thing we might want to look at is how we attack, for example, give them the means to attack Russian ships in the Black Sea that are bombing uh, ports in, 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 in the south. But the whole idea here is to forge an effective indirect response, indirect help for Ukraine, without risking direct confrontation with Russia. That's the balancing act of the NATO strategy. What if Belarus gets involved? What if they send troops into uh, Ukraine to assist Russia? How does that uh, change things? complicates things. That would basically make Belarus a combatant, and we would want to look for ways that we're not just sanctioning Belarus uh, exhaustively, but potentially if they're going to become part of the theater of military operations, then they have to take the consequences of that. Where do you see this conflict going in the coming weeks, or do I even say months possibly at this point? I think you do say months, possibly, even potentially longer. Look, the optimist in me would like to sit here and tell you, A, that we're going to have a negotiated outcome. Uh, where various compromises will trade off. I don't see it happening uh, at the moment. I think the most likely thing is a long war, what you might call a frozen conflict. Well, what we're seeing now, we're going to see a version of it, a military war between the uh, Ukraine and the Russian armed forces, attacks on civilians, potentially with the possibility of escalation. I'm afraid that that's Ukraine's future for the foreseeable future. That's Richard Haas, president of the Council on Foreign Relations. Richard, thank you. Thank you. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.